0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode. Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, and I deep dive into the dynamics of mental health and personal growth and anxiety, emotion regulation, and most importantly, resilience. And for this year, I'm focusing specifically on resilience and how we can promote it and support it. I will be talking about resilience for many years to come, but this is really the key focus that I'm zooming in on, just because we need far more resilient children in our world than what we have the concept of resilience it's it's not just a buzzword you know that we are hearing all all over the place right now it's a crucial skill set that our kiddos need to be able to navigate the complex complexities of life everything in the world from academics to family pressures to peer pressure to societal expectations Even just personal setbacks. Our kiddos today face so many challenges that require more than just the things that we really kind of promote, intelligence or talent, for example. It's in this context that resilience really is an indispensable quality for mental health, for emotional well being, for social well-being, really for all parts of our life. When we're resilient, the stress and adversity that we have in our life, it actually changes our brain to make us faster, to make us stronger, to make us more alert, more competent, and more successful rather than crippling us when we're not very resilient. And today I want to talk about really laying that groundwork because this is week one of our journey of resilience. So I'm laying that groundwork about what resilience is actually, because it's often very simplified to the ability to bounce back, right? To bounce back from a challenge, from trauma, from adversity. Um, It could be minor everyday challenges or significant life-changing events or trauma, like I mentioned, but it's not just about bouncing back from a challenge it's really about growing and thriving and that's what we need to focus on before I get to that I, I really want to talk about why resilience is important I think we all know that it's important but there's so many reasons I won't even be able to talk about them all right now. the most immediate benefit of resilience is that emotional well-being and that's really the focus of my whole podcast you know, overpowering emotions, but resilience helps kiddos better handle stress, better regulate their emotions more effectively than especially if they're not very resilient. That emotional competence plays a pivotal role in reducing the likelihood of developing any emotional disorders like anxiety or depression, whether now in childhood, teenage years, or in adulthood. It really is a huge protective factor for their emotional well-being. Yes, we know intelligence and aptitude and talent, you know, those are key elements in academic success. To a degree, there's so much more research out there showing the non cognitive skills like resilience that significantly contribute to academic outcomes. These kiddos usually have a growth mindset that we're always talking about. We got to stop talking about it and just getting out there and doing and building the resilience. That's what I'm all about. You know, it's really about. giving them those opportunities so that they can see that they can manage challenges. And when they feel like they can manage them, they're perceiving those challenges as opportunities for growth, not a threat to my well-being, my self-worth, right, that I'm now vulnerable to. Resilience also serves as a foundational pillar for healthy social relationships. So it's going to help with school going to help socially resilient kiddos can manage interpersonal conflicts they can manage misunderstandings or even rejections they're far more competent in forming and maintaining friendships compared to kiddos who aren't very resilient that social network that they can, you know, build for themselves really is a support network. And with that support network, it's reducing isolation and loneliness, which we know is a huge con- contributor to anxiety and depression and all these other emotional disorders that we see. But it really further bolsters the resilience that's creating this virtuous cycle. And of course, we know that there's a correlation between resilience and long term health outcomes, physiological, right, or just our, our our medical health when we're looking at that. When we're looking at traits associated with resilience, like emotion regulation, the problem-solving skills, those are reduced with lower or linked to reduced rates of chronic diseases and increased life expectancy. So they're just going to be healthier. They're going to live longer. Resilience really matters in all areas of life so it's a key piece of their development and their overall well-being and quality of life. Now there's lots of theoretical frameworks that are proposed by different people to understand resilience. I'm not going to go into all of them, but I just want to point out, you know, from a positive psychology perspective, positive psychology feels so good, doesn't it? It just feels so good. But we're always focusing on individual strengths, individual virtues that constitute resilience. So being optimistic, Building that self-efficacy, building those problem-solving skills, yes, all important. But when we're looking at resilience, we need a much wider perspective than always just saying it's up to you. Change your thoughts and you will have a better life. Resilience is really multifaceted and it involves a wide range of emotional and psychological, social and even physical aspect. It's not just enough to have mental toughness, right? It's not just enough to have an optimistic attitude, looking for the silver lining, right? It encompasses a wide range of skills, which I will be talking about over the course of this journey. It does encompass different attitudes and behaviors, but also resources. It's not an inherent trait that you're born with. It's a learned one, right? It's a learned ability. And so when we know kids can learn resilience, that makes our role as the adults, whether we're a parent, a caregiver, an educator, a mental health professional, we are instrumental in shaping resilient children. And that's why I hope you want, you know, will join me on this journey, focusing on bits and pieces at a time so we can really build these resilient children and teens and young adults. And so I really want to highlight that point resilience is learned. Resilience can be changed. Resilience is not just for the genetically blessed. It can be strengthened at any time. So even if you want to build resilience in your own life and you're 68, we can still build it. We can still strengthen it. It doesn't matter. We can still change that. We can change the wiring in our brain through the experiences that we expose it to. It's the experiences. We got to stop just talking about it. And I will be, you know, I am talking about it to you, but I want you to pick up what you learn and go out there and do something with it which is why every week in this journey I'm going to be giving you a tip of something that you could be working with but it's these right experiences that can really shape the individual so you know The the positive psychology is really focusing on that individual, but we need so much more. And that really brings me to the ecological systems perspective. So when we're thinking about, you know, from this perspective, we're thinking about resilience as an interplay between the child or individual and their environment. My office is really messy, so I've got stuff all over my desk right now. So if you hear a bang, it's just because I like talking with my hands and I'm hitting things that are right next to me, sort of in my way. I'm going to push it out of the way a little bit. Sorry about that. So we're looking at the child and their environment. So we're really emphasizing the role of, you, you know, there's supportive systems in their life. So the immediate family, their school, their wider community, we, we're looking at that whole systemic sort of um perspective here. So resilience truly is not so much about what we bring to the table that is a piece of it but it's more about the world around us and the relationships that we have and the opportunities that we have to build resilience that that is within us so we do have some there but to build it we need all of these external pieces we hear so many stories of people who went from rags to riches and this incredible perseverance they work so hard to get there but no hero was ever self-made Even though it sounds like it was an overnight success story, there was so much work and people supporting them to get there. Every single one of the heroes that we hear had at least one person or a team of people or it could be one person at different stages in their life who were there to help make it all happen, even just someone to believe that they could do it. So we can't expect anything less from our kids. We can't just expect them to just start being optimistic and seeing the silver lining. It really does take a village of people to promote resilience in kiddos. So we see this dynamic process of positive adaptation in the face or stress or challenge or adversity or trauma or whatever is going on. Resilience is just not a static trait that we either do or do not have right? It really involves interacting with all of those environmental factors and our personal resources over time, okay? So we absolutely can develop and strengthen our resilience at any stage of our life. It doesn't matter how old we are. And like I said, resilience involves more than merely returning to the baseline of functioning, you know? So we have a setback, we have a challenge, and, you know, maybe we dip a little bit. Resilience isn't just about bouncing up, back to here. I want to pass that. I want to thrive. So it includes the ability to maintain or achieve a positive state of mental health and well-being despite experiencing that big stress or adversity. And that positive adaptation, it might manifest as maybe sustained emotional well-being, but even better, improved emotional well-being. We hear these stories all the time where people hit rock bottom and they just have this revelation and now they're coming back wiser and stronger and they're world leaders, right? People are looking toward to them because they've just beaten all odds. And so that's that improved sort of thriving. There's a sense of mastery and control, and they have this continued pursuit of meaningful goals. goals. We're thriving. Now we need to remember, resilience is built specifically in the context of significant stress and adversity. And Later on in our journey, right now, I'm going to be talking about different traits. Next month, I'll be talking about emotional intelligence. When we get into March, I'll be really focusing a little bit more on this. But we got to know we can't be resilient if we don't have stress in our life, if we don't have setback and challenges in our life. So it could be a form of a major life event. It could be chronic stress. It could be daily hassles. It could be trauma. Not that we want to go out traumatizing children. Of course not. But we don't want to be shielding them from every disappointment or or upset or or difficulty that they're facing. We don't want to swoop in and fix every little daily hassle that's in their way. Right, so I think that that's really important and that's something, I mean, it's not new. It's not something that I'm just all of a sudden talking about. It's something I've been talking about from the very beginning. Now, while we often perceive these challenges negatively, they really do play a pivotal role in nourishing and building resilience. And that process occurs as individuals engage with and overcome whatever difficulties or challenges that they're facing. And that's what leads to personal growth and the ability to cope, right? They're developing coping skills. I managed this one stressor, so now I know how to manage it again. And so we really need to be careful shielding our kids from every upset because they're never Going to have that opportunity and resilience is all about opportunities. They're never going to have that opportunity to develop this resilience and to, to and and to grow personally. When they have these opportunities to navigate through adversity, we see children developing increased strength. They have a deeper self-awareness and self-understanding. They have this renewed appreciation for life. That's probably one of the biggest things. I've talked a lot in, in the recent weeks just about survivors of Okinawa, you know, major trauma in their life, but they've got this renewed gratitude for life and they've lived life to the fullest. And, and that's so important. So, you know, if we can consider a few examples, maybe let's take Isla, for example, a 10-year-old girl who's she's faced significant adversity with some chronic illness. And, and as always, whenever I share examples, but they're broad examples, not based on any specific one person, any names, if I am kind of loosely basing it on anyone, is not an actual person, you know, not a real person. Um, it's just examples that I've come across. So Isla, um, diagnosed with juvenile arthritis, which is it, it causes a lot of painful joint inflammation and fatigue, and that diagnosis wouldn't only affect her own physical health, but it's going to affect her social life. Well, it does. It affects social our social lives, our emotional well being. Initially, Isla really struggled with the limitations that were imposed by the diagnosis. She she started missing a lot of school, which. Obviously, it's going to affect her academic performance. It was affecting her social interactions because she just wasn't around very much and seeing her friends. And at that age, you know, it really is front of mind. The people that I'm seeing every day are the people that I'm always thinking of first. Additionally, she couldn't participate in, in the sports and she was a very physical girl not able to participate in those physical activities and sports that she wants to once enjoyed and so she's just feeling so much isolation and frustration and so when we're looking at this I mean Isla's journey if we're talking about resilience it's not just about recovery right it's not just about learning to accept and tolerate and bouncing back She really had this huge support network, support from her family, support from her counselors, support from her medical team. And she learned to be able to express and manage her emotions in healthy ways. And so she began to understand and accept her feelings of frustration and sadness. Of course, you're sad. We're not going to minimize it and say, oh, just be grateful for everything you do have. Yes, gratitude is a piece of that. But we got to acknowledge and validate the frustration and sadness that she does have rather than trying to suppress them and ignore them, right? That emotional awareness is is, is so important, right? It's, it's the awareness, and then with that awareness, I can regulate those emotions. I mean, it's crucial steps in a resilience journey, and it was certainly crucial for her own resilience journey. And so Isla, through this, you know, she was, wasn't was able to do... She was high-level gymnastics, not able to do those things anymore. And skating, there's lots of different things she did. She found new hobbies. She found new interests. Yes, she missed those other things. We're not going to, again... Ignore them or forget that they were never important in her life, but she found new interests that were compatible with her physical abilities, and she developed a passion for creative arts, so painting and storytelling, right? Activities that brought her joy and allowed her to express her experiences creatively, there was certainly that initial isolation as you know everyone was still managing you know walking on eggshells around her and treating her like a little eggshell like she was going to break but you know there was that initial once we started breaking free and she started developing a little bit more skills and and more interests She was able to build that strong supportive network. And she connected with a support group as well of children with chronic illnesses. And she made a lot of friends there who understood her challenges. So it's one thing for us to be validating, but to be with other peers who really get it as well. Those really turn into positive relationships that provide her with more emotional supports and that sense of belonging. And so she's got the sense of belonging in different ways in different areas, which is really important. So all of these experiences that Isla's had has really led her to develop a deep sense of empathy. And so she's started, you know, as she was accepting and learning all these skills and just finding her feet again, she started volunteering at a local community center. And and with that, she was helping younger children with art projects is what she was doing, right? When she found that interest and that role really gave her a sense of purpose It gave her some fulfillment, right? And then she could use those experiences positively that fill her own bucket, but are helping others as well. And through her journey, Isla gained a level of maturity and insight far beyond her years, right? Couldn't even believe within just a couple of years, how much she had grown. And she did learn to appreciate the good days more. And it wasn't just because people were telling her to appreciate the good and gratitude. She was living it so that she could appreciate it, right? And so through all of those experiences, she developed that resilient mindset. She understood that she couldn't control her illness. She couldn't control the pain and get rid of the pain, but she could control her response to it, that she could learn to face it and sit with it and accept it and tolerate it. And so eventually through all of this, as she got a little bit older, she became a huge advocate for awareness about juvenile arthritis. And she was participating in school projects, community events, and she was always sharing her story and educating others about her condition. And I've had so many children and teens that I've worked with who have had extremely traumatic experiences and and. Physical illnesses and physical trauma as well. I've, I've, I won't even go into some of the details because it might actually identify people. But some of the the most traumatic ones and most extreme ones, these little children have grown up to be such amazing. Well, some of them are still just teenagers or or young adults, and that they are now known worldwide and and are on movie sets and Netflix, you know, specials and things like this. It's absolutely incredible where they can go. But in Isla's example, that resilience, it's evident not just in her ability to cope with the immediate challenges of, you know, the illnesses and the pain that she was going through, but but you could see she grew and she thrived despite those challenges and, and into something that was really, you know, impactful for the larger community and society. So her journey shows us how that resilience includes the emotional growth, right? She's developing new skills, developing new interests, strengthening those social connections. And, and she had that sense of uh, purpose and advocacy that, that's really important. So that's where we want to get to with all of our children. We don't have to have major traumas and major stories to build this with our kids. A lot of kids that I see that come to my office, I mean, I've talked about it it, it before, you know, I'll give them a little riddle and if they just start crying right away and I can't do it, I can see their resilience is limited. Their perseverance is limited. And when it's limited, learning is limited relationships are limited because they're not comfortable to step out of their comfort zone and it's out of their comfort zone that they learn and they grow and so we really want to create this pathway build resilient kids that can manage whatever terrain is thrown at them confidently right knowing that they can manage it so i'll leave it there for today it's such an important topic and that's why i really want to take an entire year to focus just on this and all the different pieces that go along with it so that we can walk through it and really target it and work on it so i hope that you follow me just so that you know maybe you can work bits by bits it's these little seeds that we're going to be planting throughout the year to help us nurture that resilience and as an educator i mean you could use these as you do these activities and 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 um take these learnings for your entire class right if you're a parent do it for your whole family not just the one kiddo that you're worried about um so i hope you you leave at least today it's just that renewed understanding of resilience it's not just about bouncing back it's about thriving and we're not just shielding against adversity we're really embracing it as a catalyst for growth and transformation right isla's story really shows us how those challenges can mold our children into stronger more empathetic individuals we don't need to bubble wrap her and oh poor isla poor isla i can't imagine right like let's like okay it's it hurts it's painful it's exhausting this is hard we want to validate but now what what are you going to do So we wanna take these insights and we wanna apply them in nurturing that resilience in ourselves and all of those children and teens and young adults around us. So like I said, my my hope is to give you one tip to carry forward to applying your learning each week. So the tip this week is to really encourage and facilitate what I call reflective dialogue. And I've talked so much about effective communication. And so this is the the piece that we're gonna start with, okay? This reflective dialogue with our children. Now we're 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 engaging them in conversations that help them to reflect on their experiences and particularly challenges, and we're going to extract any learning and positive insights from them. So we want to make sure um, we're we're doing this. I, I'll give you if check out the show notes. I've got a little um, infographic guide just to help you with this reflective dialogue. So it's regularly engaging in this dialogue so that children can start to um, internalize the process of learning from adversity, learning from challenges. That's why I've always talked about having a mistake of the day, right? Whether it's at home or in the classroom or in the clinic, what was your mistake of the day and what did you learn from it? These are the seeds that we're planting so that we can learn from our mistakes, learn from challenges, learn from adversity. And that's what's going to lay that strong foundation in develop in developing resilience. So that's what we're going to focus on for this week. Thank you for t- tuning in to Overpowering Emotions. I'm stuttering a lot today. I find that as I'm, I don't know if it's an age thing, but I'm stuttering so much more. Anyways, until next time, keep thriving, keep growing. Let resilience be your guide. Help those kiddos be bold and courageous. And I will see you next week.